Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the Kingdom of Heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hey everyone, it's good to be together again as we continue this series talking about what it means to be successful, what it means to truly live, to live life to its fullest, to have an abundance. We've we've talked about what our plumb line needs to be, which is the word of God and what and who defines what it means to truly live, what and who defines what it means to be successful. And so we we look at the biblical standpoint and how it goes hand in hand. And last time we talked about the need to identify and press through the things that hold us back. And we use the woman at the well with the issue of blood found in Luke 8, 40 to 56. We talked about allowing or not allowing the impact either way of uh, the what those around us say or what the expectations are, whether they're from a religious standpoint, a cultural standpoint, even from what comes within ourselves and how we need to address those things. So today is part three. And we're actually going to explore another person out of that same passage out of Luke 840 to 56, and that's the religious leader, and his name is Jairus. So before we do that, I want to do two things. Number one, I want to pray. Number two, I need to do a short introduction. And after we pray, if you don't have your journal, if you haven't grabbed it in your Bible, please grab those because you want to be able to take notes and also enter in some more questions because the whole goal of this is not just to sit through a teaching, not just to be entertained, but to honestly do some work. I I give you homework each time because we're building this foundation so that we really do walk into the fullness of who God's called us to be. So number one, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you do have plans and purposes for each one of us. And God, they are good. And we just rejoice over that. We partner with that. Father, it's not based on our feelings. It's not based on a moment of time. It's based on your word. So, Father, we just decree and declare that you have plans and purposes and they are good. Just right now, look up to heaven and say, Lord, thank you for those plans and purposes. Thank you, God, that they are good. So, Father, we just look to you. Thank you that you want freedom for us. So, Father, open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, our hearts to understand, that we can sit at your feet, that we can learn all that you have for us in this season, because God, we want to walk out the fullness of the destiny that you have for us. So Father, we just look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, grab those Bibles, grab those journals if you haven't done it already, grab a cup of coffee if you need to. But I want to welcome everyone. My name is Ruth Hendrickson. I run a ministry called RHM International. What do we do? We want to see the body of Christ set free, equipped, empowered, to walk into the fullness of our God-given destiny. You are here for such a time as this. So if you want to learn more about the ministry, find out about the resources that we offer, just visit the website. It is ruthhendrickson.org. Again, that website is ruthhendrickson.org. All right. What I want to do is we talk today, we're actually going to talk about fear. How many of us battle fear? Okay. Every hand should go up because all of us have seasons in our life where we battle fear to some level. Now, I want to say that a little bit of fear, a a lot of fear are both the same. They're all fear. Okay. And so sometimes what we'll do is we'll degrade our level of fear because somebody else is, is facing something much greater. Any level of fear can hold us back 
from walking into the fullness or the potential that God has for us. Okay. The only thing we can have is a healthy fear of the Lord. And that's a whole nother teaching. Any fear of failure, any fear of what others think, any fear um, that, that comes into our lives, okay, is actually a bad thing. It, again, any level of fear from the littlest bit to the huge amount can hold us back, carries with it that power punch that could take us right down and out because it's always an invitation to partner with it. And whenever we partner with fear, we're going against the things of the Lord. So let's dive into Luke 8, 40 to 56. I want to read it again today so that it's fresh in our minds. Again, I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation just because the wording's a little different. It's a very, very common, a very well-known story. So um, again, if you have your Bible, just open it up, Luke 8, 40 to 56. When Jesus returned to Galilee, the crowds were overjoyed, for they had been waiting for him to arrive. Just then, a man named Jairus, the leader of the local Jewish congregation, fell before Jesus' feet. He desperately begged him to come and heal his 12-year-old daughter, his only child, because she was at the point of death. As Jesus started to go with him to his home to see her, a large crowd surrounded him. In the crowd that day was a woman who suffered greatly for 12 years from slow bleeding. Even though she had spent all she had on healers, she was still suffering. Pressing in through the crowd, she came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his garment. Instantly, her bleeding stopped and she was healed. Jesus suddenly stopped and said to his disciples, someone touched me. Who was it? While they all denied it, Peter pointed out, Master, everyone is touching you, trying to get close to you. The crowds are so thick, we can't walk through all these people without being jostled. Jesus replied, yes, I felt the power surge through me. Someone touched me to be healed, and they received their healing. When the woman realized she couldn't hide any longer, she came and fell trembling at Jesus's feet. Before the entire crowd, she declared, I was desperate to touch you, Jesus, for I knew if I could just touch even the fringe of your garment, I would be healed. Jesus responded, beloved daughter, your faith in me released your healing and you may go with my peace. While Jesus was still speaking to the woman, someone came from Jairus's house and told him, there's no need to bother the master any further. Your daughter has passed away. She's gone. When Jesus heard this, he turned to Jairus and said, don't yield to your fear. Have faith in me and she will live again. Now, just a couple recaps as we talk about Jairus. Number one, he was a synagogue leader. He was responsible for the, the you know, spiritual life of the community. He was an important and, and respected member of society. His name, his name actually means he will enlighten or diffuse light. I love that. He will enlighten or diffuse light. As we talk about his story and all that he experienced, he will enlighten or diffuse light. He's a father who's at the end of his rope. Okay. His daughter has died. His daughter is near death. There's nothing he could do in the natural to save her life. She's slipping away. And what's the heart of a father? Heart of the father is to protect and yet he can't, or to fix, he can't do anything about this. And he is desperate for Jesus. And of course, as any father, as any parent would be, he's battling fear 
in this situation. Now, I want to back up and I also want to want us not to read past something here. You know, Jesus had returned to Galilee. The crowds had been waiting for him. And he comes up and he falls before Jesus's feet. And he's desperate. He begins to beg him. Okay, he is desperate. He is at the feet of Jesus. This respected man, this 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 person of authority, this person of influence is down in the dirt at the feet of Jesus, begging for him to intervene. He's begging for the life of his daughter. Now, Jesus starts to go with him. So, so Jairus is like, okay, we're on our way. And that crowd, of course, is going right along. They all want to be near Jesus. And that's when the woman that we talked about yesterday, when she presses through, in other words, there's an interruption in the journey. And how often do we feel like we're on the path with the Lord and then there's an interruption in the journey and things get slowed down or it's not going at the speed we want. This is a desperate father. And I'm sure he's it through his mind. What would be going on? Think about this. Put yourself in his shoes for a moment as Jesus stops to address this woman. My daughter's dying. Don't you know my daughter's died? What about me? What about my child? What about my daughter? Quite often, when we feel like we're beginning to take ground and that interruption comes, we can get really frustrated. We can get, um, you know, we, we can feel like, okay, well, I'm on the wrong path. I mean, put yourself, what, what happens when you are moving along to your dream, to your destiny, to, towards being successful, to living life fully, and things suddenly slow down. What's your response in that moment? You see, so often we look at this and we just read over. I, I would imagine that Jairus was annoyed. You know, here, here he, he fell at Jesus' feet. And he knows his daughter's dying. It's the cry of a desperate father. And suddenly Jesus stops. I'm pretty sure he felt like, well, it's even possible that due, the, due, due to the cultural norms, the expectations, the religious laws, you remember this woman was an outcast, okay? She, had to, she was supposed to be yelling unclean. If anyone touched her, they would become unclean. He would know this. He's, he's, a, he's a ruler, okay? And um, I think he was annoyed. I do. So how do we respond? How do you respond when things come to a halt, when you feel like you're making progress? I can certainly get annoyed. I can begin to question things. Uh, I can get anxious. I can get fearful. I can give up hope. So what do you do? Write that down. What do you do in those moments? So, um, so as this stop, as this pause happens in the journey, if we go down to, um, to verse 49, it says, and while Jesus was still speaking to the woman, someone came from Jairus's house and told him, there's no need to bother the master any further. Your daughter has passed away. She's gone. She's died. She's died. So in the pause comes the bad news. And how often in the pause 
do we get the bad news or the frustrating news or the thing that could derail us right there, that the word that makes us think that we're on the wrong track? How often in that pause does fear try to come in? I, I love that Jesus was so attentive to everything going on around him that that when he heard this messenger speaking to Jairus, and I'm sure it was whispered, I, I can't imagine that the messenger would have been so insensitive as to shout it out. I'm sure I, I could see this messenger coming and, and just um, going up and very quietly speaking to Jairus or whispering, saying, she's gone. She's gone. I'm so sorry. She's gone. And yet Jesus knew, you see, when, when our trip gets interrupted, when there seems to be a pause, when we're journeying with Jesus, he hears and he sees and he knows. The question is, what voice are we going to listen to? You see, Jesus heard this. In other words, he's very aware. So that's true for you and I. He's very aware. And he turns to Jairus and he says, don't yield to your fear. Some of you need to hear that right now. Do not yield to your fear. Like it's been knocking. It's been sitting there. And the Lord's saying, do not yield to your fear. He's saying the same thing to you that he's been saying to Jairus. And do not yield to your fear. That's not a suggestion. That's actually a command. And so often. When the Lord says, don't fear, I think we take it as a suggestion because the battle is so, so hard to keep our focus. Imagine this man right now. Imagine him. He's a real person, a real dad. And he's being told his daughter's died. And here's Jesus here saying, well, don't give in to your fear. You know, have faith in me and she'll live again. And he has to decide who he's going to listen to. He's going to, he has to decide which voice is going to be stronger. And I think it was a battle. I don't think it was easy. I think it was a battle. And he made a moment after moment, decision, choice after choice. Every time that fear tried to come in, every time those words from, from the person from his household, which was probably a servant, every time those words would resound, every time that sword would try to go in and rip his heart out, I think he made a choice to align with Jesus. I don't think it was, oh, Master Glory, hallelujah, okay, I'm right there with you. I think as he took a step-by-step towards his home, he step-by-step, I think he battled. And some of us need to battle that fear step-by-step and make that conscious decision to hang on to Jesus and to listen to that command, to obey that command that says, do not fear. Because every time, as I said at the beginning, every time we partner with fear, it's true for any one of us. Every time we partner with fear, we risk aborting our destiny. We risk not living successfully. We risk not learning to truly live. Fear will always, always hold us back. Do not yield to fear. If you want to live life in its fullness, if you want to be successful, if you want to walk out the dreams, then fear cannot have a hold in your life. It can't even be a a guest at your table. Fear is always kicked out. 
Fear can yell and scream, but it can't be allowed into your temple. It can't be allowed into the house. It can't, it can't be allowed into your mind. And yes, it is often a battle. Let's be real. It is a battle. We all have things that have not gone the way we wanted them to go. We all have questions for God that seem to be unanswered. We all have, we, we all have things that we face. The question is, how much weight are we going to give fear in our lives? You see, in that moment, Jairus had to make a moment-by-moment decision that went against everything in the natural. It went against all human reasoning. It went against all understanding. He had to decide in that moment, was he going to stand on the word of God, even though he hadn't seen the outcome yet? The reliable word from home was his daughter was dead. This man standing in front of him was saying, don't yield to your fear, have faith. And he had to walk the road home to see the fruition of that word come to pass. I want to suggest, or let me ask you a question. What would have happened had he not continued that journey with Jesus? What would have happened had he walked away? What would have happened if grief consumed him and he gave up? The choice that we make in the moment will have an impact on the outcome. Now, I'm not saying that everything in our lives is going to be hunky-dory. There's a lot of unknowns. But this is such an example of how we're to walk with the Lord. You see, fear becomes like that little little fox that eats the fruit in our vineyard. You are created to bear fruit. Not just fruit, but a lot of fruit. Good fruit. Because you're a child of the living God. Fear destroys the fruit. You know, all through scripture, we're told not to worry and not to walk in fear, not to walk in anxiety, you know, all those things that that travel with fear. You know, um, fear is such a a huge battle on the face of this earth that, you know, one, uh, numerous people say that with fear, uh, that scripture states 365 times that we're not to fear. One for every day of the year, you know? And so, but the thing I'm going to say is this, when, when we look at scripture and something said three times, there's a lot of importance to it. Okay. God's really honing and we know that. Okay. We, we hear repeatedly. The Lord knew that fear was going to be such a battle. And we see it through the saints, all through scripture. We see their various battles with fear. You know, Abraham and Sarah, Abraham battled fear when they were traveling to the point where he said that Sarah was his sister rather than his wife, because he was so afraid of what that he would be killed because of her beauty, fear, 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 do not fear, do not use fear as an excuse not to go the full distance with God. So here's some questions. What are you afraid of? Questions for your journal. What are you afraid of? Again, we do this partnering with the Holy Spirit. We don't need to try to conjure it up ourselves. We sit with him. We say, Lord, you show me. You show me, Lord, because you want me to be free. So, Lord, you show me. What am I afraid of? And then ask him another question. The next question is, how does this impact my ability to be successful in life? We can ask what the fear is, and then when we see how it plays out in our life, 
that could be like a, uh oh, we see ourselves beginning to repeat that behavioral pattern. It's like, wait a minute, I have to stop here. This is this is a behavior that's that's rooted in fear. This needs to change. How does that fear keep me from moving forward with the Lord with the Lord? Great question to ask him. Remember, anytime the Lord reveals things, he shines his light. It is always to bring healing and freedom, not shame and condemnation. None of these exercises are to bring shame and condemnation. They're all to to allow the Lord to just come in and shine his light and bring the healing so that we can be successful, so that we can walk. Remember, he knew you. He created you. You're here for such a time as this. He has plans and purposes for you. And as you walk through this, as you go through what you're afraid of and how does it impact the ability to be successful in life or to even hear the voice of God, how does it keep you from moving forward with the Lord? Then you take all of that and you begin to confess it to the Lord and allow him to speak. And then I want you to add another thing under that as you go through all of this. Then, Lord, what truths or words of encouragement do you have for me today? And spend some time and just record that. How do we walk in freedom? How do we become successful? Now, tomorrow on day four, we're going to talk about combating the normal of life. Okay, because we can also become so stuck in these patterns that we we can't even see a way out of them. And those patterns will often, again, hold us back. So we want to tackle that. We're laying a whole, we're going at this a whole bunch of different directions because um, you know what? God wants us free. He wants us free. He wants us to really enjoy life and he wants us to have an impact because we're supposed to bring heaven to earth. So that's what we're after. So let's pray again. Heavenly Father, we just ask for you to reveal to us where fear has a hold because we decree and declare right now that fear has no hold. Just shout that at fear. You have no hold. Fear, this is your eviction notice. Okay, because you're not going to hold me back. No longer will you hold me back because I'm going to listen to the voice of my Savior and I'm going to align with him. So right now I draw a line in the sand and I say, no more. Fear, you have no home here. You have no home here. So Heavenly Father, I thank you that I can trust you. I thank you that you're going to show me what, what needs to be showed. You're going to show each one of us. And Father, that we can trust you with that and that you bring healing. You carry healing for me, Lord so that I can learn to truly live as you have created me to live. So Lord, we just look to you in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Again, thank you for joining me. We're going to keep this going until uh, we get all the way through it. I can't wait to hear the stories of what God's been doing in your life as you walk through this. I want to encourage you to share it. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Um, if you're on one of the other channels we have this, please leave comments, encourage each other, build each other up, whatever you do, please share it. And, you know, keep going for all God has for you. Never, never sell yourself short. God won't sell you short. Don't sell yourself short. He has wonderful, wonderful things in store for you. So um, again, if you want to check out more of our resources or if you want to connect with our emotional healing and deliverance team to help you get through some of this, the Mashaw team, 
please go to the website. It is ruthhendrickson.org. All sorts of good stuff there for you. So with that said, have a great day. Be so blessed. Know that you are dearly loved, that God has plans and purposes for you, and they are good. So your charge today, besides all this homework I gave you, is to go for the glory of God. Take time to worship him, enjoy him. You are created in his image. You are loved and you are valued. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.